I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, February 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, after missing it on Taylor Swift and the World Cup, Quebec will be spending $870 million to replace the roof of the Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Now, the current roof has over 20,000 rips of fabric, which is a crazy concept to begin with, and its tattered condition forces the venue to close between November and April. This new roof will allow the venue to regain year-round operations and potentially attract bigger events, while $870 million is a pricey sum. Tearing down the Big O would actually cost more. Have you ever been to the Olympic Stadium, Jay? What do you think about it? I have. I went to a Women's World Cup game there. It was one of the best soccer games I ever saw. It was a great crowd. It was electric. But very little of that had anything to do with the actual stadium, which I'm surprised there are only 20,000 ribs in in the roof. It's pretty old. It's not used to its full capacity. Like $870 million seems like a lot, but you still need a stadium like that if you want to attract any kind of act or sporting event. At this point, I would just tear it down and start over. What's like, you know, how long is this going to last? How many, like, what happens when there's another rip? How much is that going to cost? What's maintenance look like? I don't know. I don't have all the details in front of me, Jay, and so I'm just kind of speculating. But I imagine that it's going to be more expensive over the long run than just making a normal, big-roofed stadium. I think you're right, but we are not Quebecers, and this money is uh, probably not ours. So, you know, spend it, don't spend it. It is brutal that they lost out on the World Cup because even Toronto got the World Cup and they're using a, a modified BMO stadium, Jay. So it's not like we're operating with the best venue in the world here. Right, but it is newish. It doesn't need, doesn't have a roof. Small, it's small. Yeah, but it also, you, I think for the World Cup, you need actual grass. I think that's a, that's a requirement of the World that's Cup. That's right, and, yeah. And certainly the Big O doesn't have that. So it is, uh, I was there for the Women's World Cup, I should say. So, you know, I'm big on investing in public infrastructure, so. You're not going to get me speaking ill of this, although the big O is kind of jumpy. Sorry, everybody. I'm for investing in public infrastructure, but I want hard roofs. I want a hard roof on the new Bill Stadium. I want a hard roof on every stadium. You won't get a hard roof on the Bill Stadium, apparently. But Brett, aside from all of this, uh, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, reasons to add a proficient AI to your resume. For our second story, Novo Nordisk strikes deal to ramp up Ozempic production and our big picture. For our first story, they're coming. Job postings for entry-level roles requiring 10 years of AI experience. I'm already feeling old, Brett. What is this about? So there's these new rules, and they're called chief AI officers. And compensation for these roles can reach above a million dollars a year, according to the executive search firm Hedrick and Struggles. Yeah, on LinkedIn, the number of head of AI roles has tripled in the past five years. In the last year alone, 122 Glassdoor users have identified as chief or vice president of AI. Now, this matters because it's not just your IT department getting a shot in the arm. Investments in AI executives signals a shift towards a tech-driven economy where skills like crafting prompts and building large language models will replace working French. And this is the one that's really tough, proficient in Excel, which I've been using for years now. Fair enough. A prompt engineer at Anthropic, for instance, can make up to $375,000 a year. The role doesn't require a STEM degree, though, just knowing how to chat with ChatGPT, apparently. And meanwhile, AI-savvy job seekers have hit the labor market jackpot. On the international job site, Indeed, there was a 140% jump in mentions of language model across its job postings from February 2020 to March 2023, according to NBC. For our second story, as Ozempic becomes more challenging to acquire than a Cabbage Patch Kid on Christmas Eve in 1983, the drug maker behind it is making a big money move to help increase production. 
Yeah, here's what's happening, Jay. So the parent of Novo Nordisk, maker of blockbuster weight loss and diabetes drug Ozempic and Wegovy, struck a $11.5 billion deal to acquire Catalent, a drug manufacturer. Now, the deal will add capacity to its three factories in the U.S. and Europe. Catalan handles fill-finish operations for Novo, the last stage of drug production in which drugs are filled in syringes, quality-checked, labeled, and packaged. Now, to catch you up, Ozempic, which you've 100% seen ads for if you turned on a TV, went to a movie, looked at a billboard, whatever. Talk to a friend. Yeah, talk to a friend. Yeah, and their other drug, Wegovy, these are all part of a class of drugs which mimic the GLP-1 hormone, helping users feel full or produce insulin more efficiently. Their bonkers popularity has made Novo the most valuable company in Europe. And it matters because Novo's acquisition will allow it to increase production capacity to help meet global demand. In Canada, an Ozempic shortage is set to last through next month, and Wegovy isn't even available, despite regulatory approval due to high demand elsewhere. And the big picture is that several provinces have taken steps to restrict access to Ozempic and protect supply, leaving some users out in the cold. Last week, Ontario restricted coverage for Ozempic under the provincial drug plan to only patients with type 2 diabetes. Now to Zuma. Some health professionals have critiqued measures like this as they believe obesity, a disease afflicting about 30% of Canadian adults and incurring billions of dollars in healthcare costs, is a valid reason for prescription as other treatments are limited. And for our big picture, lab-grown dairy gets the green light. Health Canada has given Israeli food tech firm Remilk the go-ahead to begin selling its lab-grown milk protein to dairy producers and food companies in Canada. The milk protein, which doesn't use any animals in production, is pitched as an eco-friendly alternative for making milk, cheese, yogurt, and ice cream. Manulife backtracks on Loblaw Pharma Pact. After facing backlash for its decision to only cover specialty drug prescriptions, Purchase at Loblaw-owned pharmacies, Manulife has changed course. It will cover the prescriptions regardless of the pharmacy. The insurance provider's reversal comes less than a week after the exclusivity deal was announced. King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. The King of England has been diagnosed with an unspecified form of cancer. According to Buckingham Palace, the king, who turned 75 in November, will postpone his public duties as he receives treatment, but will continue his role as head of state with private meetings and paperwork. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great day, Peak Pals. You too, Brett. Thanks, you too, Jay.